Welcome to uh, Straight Up Swagger, the inaugural episode, episode number one. Uh, I'm going to give a little bit of back amble to how this whole thing started. Uh, as those of you that know me know, I'm not really a big social media guy. Uh, it's just not really my thing. My wife, Jen, has been after me to do something like this for a while where I can sit down and share ideas and talk about things and I was uh, fairly reluctant initially. Um, yeah, I just wasn't really up for it. And then uh, a few weeks ago, I uh, had the privilege of going on a podcast. I was invited to uh, the Calgary Sessions with my uh, executive director, Jeff Humphreys, who's helping me out here today. <laughs> and uh, it was really a great experience. Uh, I realized that it didn't have to be staged or formulaic or, and I realized that I am fortunate that I sit down often on the daily and certainly on the weekly to discuss topics related to uh, health and performance, uh, which is my, my area of work. And uh, I am fortunate to know a lot of people that I think have great things to say and great things to talk about. So I thought this was a, an interesting opportunity to do so in a really uh, laid back kind of manner, similar to the conversations that I have very frequently with these people. Um, so bringing us to today, uh, it came to the uh, decision, you know, who do I want to bring on for my, my first guest to do this? And uh, the guy that's on here today, uh, I think is a very apropos uh, first guest, when I look at uh, the last period of years uh, of my career, my profession, my life, uh, I finished my osteo school in 2016. That was a big endeavor that took up a lot of time. And so it, I didn't have a lot of time for anything outside of school and family and work. Uh, right after I finished, or as I was finishing, I was fortunate enough to meet this guy. and. Uh, He's one of, when I think about it, the, the two people that kind of got me back into the world of football that I, that I deal with now on a daily basis. Um, the other being my son, Ryder, who was coming up playing at a, at a developmental level. Uh, so we'll talk about a little bit of the story and the backstory of all that. I'll let him discuss it from his perspective. But uh, my guest for today is uh, Eli Buka. And he is currently a cornerback with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and has recently started uh, Buka Performance and Wellness, which is a uh, company working with youth uh, football and hockey players, uh, helping them uh, develop their skills uh, on and off the field and ice. So uh, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad you're here. This will be a, an interesting discussion we were talking off air about how we're interested to see where this goes because we've had many of these conversations over the last few years. So the focus of the show is just uh, exploring performance and health. And uh, so I think, you know, having you here is great because you've had the, the, the background in a high performance environment and now you're kind of transitioning into the performance coaching side of things and the, the mental wellness side of things. I know there's a lot going on there. So I'll let you uh, introduce yourself and uh, give me a little bit of a, the history of Eli Buka and what's brought him up to this point. For sure. Uh, like I said, uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I'm 
born and raised in Montreal. Um, you know, for me, so I've been playing football since I was six years old, and I've been very fortunate that uh, to have a lot of people influencing my influencing me in my life and kind of help me guide me through this this path. And you know, I, but I, I, from an early age, I, I wanted to play professional football, and I kind of you know a lot of the decisions decisions in my life. It kind of uh, um, I made a lot of decisions in my life to help me get to that point. And one of them was to play where to play college football. Um, you know, I, I wanted to go, obviously, like in the U.S. A lot of players from here want to go to the U.S. And that didn't really work out for me. Uh, but I, I'm very fortunate that I had the chance to come here at, uh, in Calgary. And I went to a really, it was, it's a really good school and, and a really good football program. And it allowed me to develop my skills uh, to get to the next level. Uh, and now, obviously, being a pro, pro football player, you know, now and I'm kind of obviously very grateful to be there, but also I'm now I'm looking at ways to give back and right. ways to to help you know the, the next generation coming up. So sure. uh, it's it's an interesting uh, part of my career right now. I mean, uh, and I'm really looking forward to see where it's going to go. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Who uh, looking back, uh, you were interested in football at a young age. Who were your early football influences? Um, Actually, I was a soccer player at first. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, you know, I, from my, my, my parents were born and raised in, in Togo, yeah. so soccer is really big over there. So that's the kind of sport I started playing right away. Um, and then uh, my uh, really good friend at the time, his, his dad was coaching football. Uh, and that, my, that friend and I were playing soccer, and he, he saw that I could run fast. He said, yeah. I think you should try football. Uh, so uh, he's still a person that I hold really close to my heart to this day and kind of helped me, you know, find this passion. Yeah. And then when I found this passion, obviously there's players and I watched play and that I, for me, my favorite player is, is Charles Woodson. Okay. Uh, just because he, uh, he just the versatility. Uh, a guy that was always on the field and offense and defense. Uh, I was always excited to see, watch him play and, and see what he can do on both sides of the field. Yeah. And in a way, indirectly kind of, it kind of, you know, I kind of follow his footsteps in a way in terms of me switching position and me playing both position, you know, as, at a point in my life. So, right. uh, so th those are kind of the influence for sure that I can re recall. Yeah, one of the few guys I think too that was uh, an NFL uh, most valuable player as a defensive player. You Definitely. don't see that very often, but that very guy, rare. Yeah, that guy was fairly impactful for sure. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about what brought you out to Calgary. Yeah, so, you know, I, I had um, a few offers on the U.S. Um, one of them that, you know, the business of football, sometimes, you know, things happen and, you know, um, I ended up going from deciding, committing to one school to the other. And uh, and then, I, so I'm from Quebec. So in Quebec, we graduated in grade 11 and then there's CEJAP. Yeah. So I went to CEJAP and uh, I was going to finish my my last season of CEJAP and then enrolled to that school I committed to earlier that year. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, at the end of the season, I kind of got a phone call about a coaching staff change, you know, so I didn't know how things were going to pan out for me and, uh, you know, making phone calls, you know, obviously when a new coach comes, bring a new coaching staff. So you, you never know who's going to be there. And right. so the people knew, obviously the person that recruited me was going to lose his job. So I kind of started reconsidering what I was going to do. And, yeah. um, University of Calgary, is, they had been recruiting me for two years. And, uh, but it was interesting because I didn't do a visit. You know, I didn't know what Calgary looked like. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just kind of, 
made a decision, a quiet decision. I didn't want to talk to, uh, to people much about it. My family mm -hmm. knew I was going to come here. And mm -hmm. obviously, being from Quebec, I was heavily recruited there. And I didn't want people to kind of to put stuff in my ear and kind of change my decision. So I, I just packed up and left. <laughs> and I came here <laughs> and, exactly, and when I landed, I, wow, this is Calgary, right? So, and you know, it, it's funny now that it kind of became my second home. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that's what kind of how I came to Calgary it was just a, in a way, a well thought decision, but not a decision that I had a lot of time to. Um, I had to enroll at a school as, as fast as possible. So that's the school that that's the best option at the time. Sure. Mm -hmm. I think it's funny how stuff like that works out sometimes. Definitely. Like, uh, I think you don't always know those reasons, but sometimes they, uh, I, I, I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason. And sometimes that, you know, hindsight will show you what that reason was maybe, but, mm -hmm. uh, it was the same when I enrolled in my osteo program. Uh, I knew I wanted to do more education. Mm -hmm. You know, at the time, Jen and I had little kids. Jen was at home with them, yeah. and I was the only one working. So I was like, shoot, I can't, you know, ditch work and go back to, you know, full-time physio school or chiropractic. So I started mm -hmm. looking around for other options and, you know, came across this osteo program that uh, our, our head athletic therapist at UFC, when I was playing, was enrolled in. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, yeah, this seems so... Same thing. I went out there not knowing. I had never even had an osteopathic session or treatment. I just showed up and was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And yeah, it was a good move in the end. I think it worked out pretty well. But yeah, sometimes you just got to jump in and, and follow you your know, instincts. Yeah, somewhere. and see where it leads you, right? Definitely. And then, uh, make your move from there. But uh, yeah, sure. that, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, oh, shoot. What was I going to say to you? It was around the. Uh, The decision to come out here. Oh, who was your first person you met when you got out here? So um, I knew somebody uh, that was formerly a part of the team. Yeah. Um, he is a member of the church that I go to. He, he served the mission uh, okay. in my area. And uh, we had a pretty good relationship. And then when he came here, uh, when, he, when he went back, he went back to playing football. Right. And I made the decision to come here, and I knew he was on the team, so I reached out to him, and he kind of facilitated uh, a little bit where I was going to live and, and yeah. finding me a job. And his name is ben, Brendan Strauss, and he's still okay. a good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, and that's the one person I knew. Okay. And I also had a friend where his cousin was on the team. He's actually from Quebec as well. His name is Martin Kalanji. Okay. Um, he I was on the team, so. Uh, as a little bit from, uh, I had a chance to go on a team where I had a, a couple of familiar faces, right. you know, and especially a guy that spoke French because French is my first language. Right. Uh, and my French when I got here wasn't the best. So and my English wasn't the best when I got here. So uh, it was a little bit more uh, helpful for me and yeah. to kind of get me a little bit more comfortable. That's always been interesting <laughs> to me because you came out here from Montreal. Uh -huh. French is your first language. Yeah. English as like a broken kind of second language yeah. and you enrolled in an English university. Mm -hmm. I'm the complete opposite where English is my first language. Yeah. I know a, a reasonable amount of French to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. The thought of enrolling in a university in French though scares the hell out of me. Like I, I wouldn't know what to do. That's oh. got to be a, a little bit of an intimidating process I would imagine. Oh for sure. You know, your French is also really, really, really tricky to learn obviously when you, you decided to do that. Right. Uh, for me also in terms of school, 
it was hard. But then when I got here, I had a sales job. So I didn't really, my English wasn't that good. Yeah. So on top of learning English in school, I had to, you know, learn how to sell things in English in, in, in an area where I wasn't really familiar in. So it was a little bit challenging, but I'm grateful that I had this experience because, you know, that's the best way to learn a language. You yeah. kind of have to be thrown in the fire and, and kind of you pick it up as you go. So yeah. it was a good experience. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at, at, at some point you, uh, you, like lots of young kids, you said you always had the intention of playing professional football. Mm-hmm. When's the first point that you ever kind of remember where you were like, you know what, I think this is maybe a, a possibility where you're like, I, you know, I think things have developed to the point that I, I might have a shot here. That's funny, you know, because it was kind of like a up and down. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I remember growing up and when I chose to play football and I remember vividly, my mom always tells me that uh, we're watching a football game and, yeah. and she, uh, she remembers me turning around at her saying, this is what I'm going to do one day. And I was watching an NFL game, right? right. And I always kind of had that self-belief that, man, I, I can do this. Yeah. But then I'm a late developer, right? Yeah. So um, I, I was one of the best players on the team until I got to Bantam, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, I transitioned from Bantam to more of us, you know, playing for a, a school team. Yeah. Um, and then that's when kids started hitting puberty and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't quite there yet. And, yeah. you know, I went from being one of the biggest guys on the team to the second smallest guy on the team, right? So. Right. Um, then all the guys that were kind of behind me kind of started getting a role on the team and I, I had to, you know, ride the bench a little bit. And then right. I started, you know, second guessing myself. But yeah. I always kind of had a little bit of a belief that, you know, let's just keep pushing through, you sure. know. And then I got to varsity and then my first year I didn't play, right? Now right. you start, okay, how is this <laughs> NFL dream going to happen if you don't play in high school, right? Right. Uh, but then, you know, I just kept plugging through and plugging through. And then, and then I, as I kept, you know, which is interesting, as I kept working harder and harder, I hit puberty. Yeah. And I kind of hit puberty at the right time with right. all the work that I've been putting in. And then I kind of got back where I was, you know, on top. 100%. And that belief. From, and then I realized, you know what? I, I still think I can do this, you know? So yeah. um, that's kind of like the up and down of, you know, and everybody has a different experience. That was a little bit of mine. Well, that's good. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think that's a, a super valuable point to, mm-hmm. to, to make for, you know, there's probably a, a ton of young kids out there mm-hmm. that are in that same boat, mm-hmm. right? And I know I, we've talked about this off camera over the years a ton, mm-hmm. ton of times where after you've been in this industry for long enough, mm-hmm. shoot, I, I've seen kids that like peaked at Pee Wee. I've mm-hmm. seen kids that have peaked at Bantam. I, you know, those, those late developers though, uh, I think in a lot of cases are the ones that down the road really can make a lot of strides towards achieving their goals. They've just had to work so hard to keep up with the kids that developed at an earlier stage mm-hmm. that once that, you know, once they hit that growth spurt and they start to hit puberty and develop, uh, the the work ethic they've developed and some of the traits of, you know, the hunger and the drive that they've developed uh, really helps those kids attain uh performance at a higher level i think for sure and, and it's the same so. conversation i have 
with these yeah. obviously because hockey is an early development sport. Right. And there's always that sense of panic. Oh, well, I'm 14 and 15. These kids yeah. are, you know, and at the, at the same time, you know, I, I was an early developer. Right. And I think in my, in my for me, it, it really played to my advantage. Yeah. But you can't allow that to, to affect your, your play and your intensity when you play. Because right. when I was that young, I didn't really realize I was that I was that small. Yeah, I didn't know I was that small. It's now I'm oh, I'm older and I'm like, man, I was 15, but I was 97 pounds playing football, playing yeah. running back. Right? Yeah, that's not a that's not an easy sell, right? No, 100. percent But you that's know, true. the fact that I didn't know that as much about myself allowed me to push through and 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 not get too caught up on the fact that I was too small. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a little bit of lack of awareness of sort of where you were in the pecking order, maybe. Yeah. You know. I mean, and and that's where, you know, maybe we'll touch on that later, where I feel like the mental component of sports for these youth uh, in in development is is really important for them to to develop these skills, to uh, allow them to, to push through some of these, you know, you know, it's just, it's circumstance, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you got no control over it. I think it gets to that point where, you know, if you're in those shoes, Mm -hmm you have two choices. Either you look at it and you're like, oh, I can't keep up and you mm-hmm. quit. Or you look at it and you're like, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep busting my ass. Exactly. And then you end up, you know, it's those kids, I think, that a lot of times end up being your very high achievers just because, you you know, uh, if you've always been the guy that's been super talented and gifted and never had to work for much, mm-hmm. uh, that'll get you so far. But, you know, once you've, you know, once the the genetic ability kind of levels out a little bit. That mm-hmm. work ethic might be what kind of pushes you over the edge a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, you came out here to Calgary, mm-hmm. uh, you started as a receiver, mm-hmm. switched to DB in your third year, My middle of the second year, middle of your second mm-hmm. year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, things are going pretty well. Where does, where does, uh, life take you from there? Yeah, so, you know, that transition was a little bit, um, you know, going back to uh, just the growth part. You know, I've always played on offense for the most part, yeah. right? And then now you get to a level of college where this is a higher level, and now you're having to make another transition where it's a difficult – the position that I play now, defensive back, is a very difficult position to play. It yeah. requires a lot of skill yeah. and, you know, a lot of – a lot of poise because you know there's a lot of pressure on you and for me that that position change was a, you know at first you know you have to develop you know the technique you have to learn all these different things and that was a little bit tricky at first mm-hmm. and then as another time when you start you know wondering what's going to happen with football right right um and then you know over the years you know that's where i was telling some athletes consistency you know can 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 take you far, you know, yeah. being able to stay consistent at something, you know, and for me being, you know, obviously, obviously when I switched position, I always knew that I could play the other position and go back and that would be a, maybe an easier route, but I kind of stuck to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over time, then you go from, you know, having a second string role to following year becoming an All-Canadian, now different doors open. Sure. Uh, and where other possibilities, you know, you know, things, opportunities comes to you, right? And, yeah. I had a chance to go to East West on um, my junior year. East West is something that happens in the in college football in Canada. Uh, at the end of a junior year, you get to um, 
the, uh, you know, some players from each team get selected to play. It's kind of like a more of a tournament. Right. Um, and that, that's where I, I kind of was able to display what I, I could do. There was a combine I did really well there. For sure. Um, and then, you know, played there. And then after that, obviously, uh, injury happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. For me, uh, that's kind of like a defining mo- one of my de- defining moment. Yeah. Uh, of uh, injury that was pretty significant, and yeah. that happened at a very important point in my life. Yeah. Um, and that injury kind of uh, allowed me. Obviously, you can look at it on both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like. I like to. I would like to look at it more on the positive side. For sure. Um, it kind of, you know, and it's one of the reasons why I'm doing this right now in terms of, of strength, uh, strength conditioning. And yeah. um, I realized growing up, obviously being always the smallest on my team, I always overdid things, yeah. right? I always, you know, I, I always had the chip on my shoulder yeah. and I didn't always train the right way. Yeah. And always overdoing things, not training the right way, I feel like kind of led to me getting some injuries in college and maybe potentially, we never know, these injuries. I tore my Achilles, right? So yeah. this is an injury where you don't necessarily know where it comes from, yeah. but sometimes, you know, you, you, if you kind of take time to reflect, maybe you could have done things differently in terms of training. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, then you, you, lots of times you won't see that until you get that opportunity for reflection, right? You're too close when you're going through it. You know, it goes back to what we were talking about a minute, you know, and again, where, you know, again, I think in life, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. I think your story is an interesting one, you know, knowing your story personally, because it's, it's a real story of perseverance, Mm -hmm. you know, in my mind, like uh, of all the guys I've worked with, definitely, you know, probably been blessed with the most gifts Mm -hmm. of anybody I've worked with, but you've also faced the most adversity probably of anybody that I've worked with, uh, to get to where you're at today. Um, it definitely, uh, uh, that, the combine that you were talking about at the East West, you know, like you said, that kind of opens doors and starts, especially when you put up, you know, the kind of numbers that you put up at that combine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I, you know, I'd seen you play before, uh, but that's where I was, you know, first kind of like, whoa, when I heard some of the numbers, it was like, you know, this guy's special on that, you know, athletic kind of level, right? Um, so that's got to be super f- challenging mentally when you, you know, start putting up numbers, the, the, the name starts to get, you know, you, you're starting to make a name for yourself based on performance and what you've been doing. And then all of a sudden, fast forward two months and, you, you know, you've got to, potentially career ending injury with a, you know, with a ruptured Achilles, right? Yeah, definitely. So for me, you know, if you look at it, you know, being the late developer in high school yeah. and having conversation with some of these guys that they get recruited and you're not really getting recruited yeah. and, you know, them saying that, oh, I'm going to do this, but you may not do that just because of who you are, where you are at, you know, in the development. Yeah it kind of adds them to that tip on that shoulder and you kind of looking forward to that moment where you get to shine as well. Yeah, 100%. And that was that moment where I was getting to that point yeah. where I, I put up these numbers and then all these, all these agents, you know, I was spending so much time talking to all these agents, you know, yeah. and yeah. all this, you know, talking about NFL opportunities. Yeah. And 
you're like, I can finally see the light after all these years of perseverance. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, all the sacrifices I made, you know, because remember, I, I left, I traveled across the country to play yeah. football, you yeah. know. I, you know, so then, you know, you get this high of, oh, like I'm, I'm getting there. And, and that was probably when I got to training camp that year, I was in probably the best shape of my life. Right. And, and, and there was a lot of plans for me to do a lot of different things and contribute on the team. Yeah. And it was just a drill that I did thousands of times. Yeah. And my life changed that day. Yeah. Right. And you kind of, it was an opportunity for me to reconnect with myself and reflect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and approach life a little bit differently. Right. Right. So, yeah. And, you know, so. Yeah. So this is a funny for, you know, <clears throat> those of you that know Eli or I, this is kind of a funny pivot point because mm -hmm. this is where we ended up meeting mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine who was at the time, the strength coach uh, and offensive line coach, I think up at, up at U university of Calgary mm -hmm. uh, phoned me up one day and he said, listen, we've got this guy here. Uh, he just ruptured his Achilles. Uh, you know, he's, this guy's special. He does, you know, uh, unique athletic things that are, you know, drawing a lot of attention, even south of the border. You know, would you be able to have a look at this guy and see what you can do to help him out? Because, uh, you know, he's just come off this Achilles surgery and he's got to try to make his way back to getting back onto the playing field. So, uh, I said, yeah, absolutely. I'd, you know, love to meet with the guy. And, uh, so I'll give you, I'll let you chat a little bit about, uh, you know, how that first encounter happened and your uh, impression of it. And we'll go from there. Well, definitely, you know, I was, <laughs> I was uh, obviously, you know, the injury happened and obviously you got to press on the gas pedal to kind of get you back to the following year. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you go, you go to your team first and see what you can do on that end, right? You know, with all the therapists that are there and, um, and obviously, uh, the strength conditioning coach at the time, you know, he tried to help me, but he, he, you know, there's a hundred guys on the team yeah. and, and he, he wanted to do what was best for me. And, and he, that's when you reached out to you and say, yeah. Hey, you know, I, I can help him, but I think that you, you would be more best suited to help him. Right. Uh, he didn't really tell me much about you. Yeah. Um, and you know, we kind of exchanged numbers and we kind of, set up to meet at school so he right. came to school yeah um so the funny thing about dave and i is you know we're pretty introverted <laughs> both of us yeah. yeah and um so when we meet when you you know meeting dave the first time he's pretty reserved and i am the same when you meet someone the first time it's not a it's not a great combination for an initial conversation no. <laughs> that's for sure no yeah. so you know he has his, he has his pad a piece of paper taking notes and you know it was like forward question, two-word answers, you know, and that was kind of the conversation. That's, what, that's kind of where the conversation went, right? Yeah. You know, but I don't know. It just felt good. You yeah. know, I didn't really know what to expect, yeah. but I, I, I felt at peace, you know, okay. and, and so, you know, I, I wanted to give it a try. Yeah. And then at that time, you were at a different location, and, uh, and when I came in, obviously, I was still, you know, not knowing what to expect, you yeah. know, and I opened the door, and you know, there's a dog that come to the door and, and, you know, a big, you know, a big pit bull. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? And I realized this dog is probably the sweetest thing on earth. Yeah. And then, you know, you have that, 
you know, what I really liked about the place is you were there and then your wife were there and the kids were there. And yeah. I really felt at home right away. It was a family atmosphere. Yeah. And for me, being away from home, you know, being in an environment where I've, I've constantly been looking for that, you know, mm -hmm. because everybody needs family, whatever that yeah. looks like, you know, and being there really kind of put me at, at more at ease and being a feeling that I kind of like I, I found a family in a yeah. way. And for somebody that's very close to their family too, mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's got to make that move across the country even mm -hmm. more challenging, you know, when you're used to, you know, a close connection with your family mm -hmm. and now you're thousands of kilometers away. Most definitely. It's a, you know, um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, my perspective is fairly similar mm -hmm. to Elise. It was a fairly short, concise, professional first meeting. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but, uh, interesting from a performance standpoint. Mm -hmm. And again, I think things just happen, you know, sometimes at the right time in the right, like I said, I was finishing up my, my uh, osteo program at that point. So a lot of the time that I had been devoting to school was suddenly freeing up. So I had more available time at that point. So when you came in, I was able to really devote a lot of time and attention to, uh, you know, what we were trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's funny, I've said this before, I look at, pro again, probably the most athletic guy that I've ever worked with, but when you walked in the door, <laughs> probably one of the most dysfunctional too, you know what I mean? Like there was just a lot of things where, and this is from a performance kind of standpoint, you see it a lot where, and I know this just from working up at the university the last few years and working with my professional guys, that you're trying to improve athletic performance so much that there's so many little underlying things that could be addressed that you, uh, but you only have so many hours in a week, right? And so if it's kind of the, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of idea in a mm -hmm. lot of cases where, no, he's doing fine. Let's just keep working on progressing his power, his speed, all this. But then at the end of the day, sometimes those, like a, a severe injury, like the one that you experienced gives you that, kind of reset switch where you're not able to do what initially what you want to be doing and you know you're not able to sprint you're not able to squat you're not able to do all of those things in that those initial rehab stages so you can really kind of backtrack and help fix up a lot of the underlying holes in the armor maybe and really create a broader base of of athleticism uh which is i think you know what we we tried to do in your case initially you know, coming up, yeah. it was eye opener for me, you know, yeah, I can imagine. when we were doing the assessment and I'm like, stand on one leg and, you know, I can run really fast, but I can't stand on one leg. Right. This is, was a, a really humbling experience for yeah. me, you know, to, to, to see that about myself. And yeah. then I think a lot of athletes are, are, they probably don't know that about themselves. Right. Because as athletes, you always find you always find a way to, uh, you know, to do what you need to do to perform. hundred percent. And, and I think you don't, in a lot of cases, you don't want to know those things mm -hmm. that you're not good at because mm -hmm. all of a sudden, if you're not good at something, mm -hmm. then that's going to lower your, your confidence a little bit and you're not necessarily as sure of yourself. Mm -hmm. So I, th I agree with you. I think a lot of athletes get focused on trying to improve the things they're good at, mm -hmm. but not really trying to address the things that you know, maybe would benefit them in the long run. So I, I think that's, uh, I think, yeah, again, looking back, you know, things happening for a reason. I think that, that initial Achilles injury, uh, you know, kind of gave that opportunity to change the course of 
physically sort of where you're where you're headed right and you know to a degree mentally as well obviously having to you know the one thing for that adversity is while you're going through it it kind of sucks you know but you come out the other end a much stronger individual both physically and and mentally I most think, definitely right? yeah for sure yeah so uh so we rehabbed your achilles from early october yeah started on yeah, uh, early october yeah yeah early october to mid april mm-hmm. combine was in mid april i guess uh the combine was at the at the beginning middle, of april yeah end of march end of march yeah, 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 yeah mm-hmm. that's right okay mm-hmm. so uh went to the combine obviously not able to do all of the drills yet mm-hmm. we weren't at that that stage for you know those of you guys that don't know that are watching you know an achilles uh rehab is roughly a at least a year process so you know in mid uh mid uh, october to mid march is about what nine months eight months something like that mm-hmm. so we're not you know firing on all cylinders yet but we're making good headway mm-hmm. uh performed pretty well for what you were able to do at the combine you didn't do what, what did you do bench and that's it that was about it yeah got the best bench of your career because all we could train <laughs> yeah, was yeah. bench so uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh but uh the interesting thing i think you know from my perspective too and the one thing that stuck out with me and i think maybe if you if you don't if you don't know football as much this might not mean as much to you but um the fact that you still drew nfl interest after not playing your your senior year at at UFC and suffering a, an Achilles rupture to me speaks to the, you know, to the level of athleticism that these guys kind of saw pre-injury, obviously, because for a, for a Canadian corner to go to the NFL is almost unheard of for a Canadian corner to go that didn't play his last season of college is almost, and then to, you know, you combine a serious injury with that. So, uh, walk me through that a little bit. What do you, what were your, and uh, one thing that not a lot of people knew, know about uh, my experience at UFC in terms of my position change is the year I, the, my junior year, I became an All-Canadian, but at training camp on the depth chart, I was a backup. So that, for me, that, you know, coming into that season as a backup, when as a rookie, you were a starting receiver, and now as a junior, you're backup DB, that, that, that was, you know, a little bit tough for me, but that also helped me switch to another gear in terms yeah. of my preparation. Right. Um, I'm, I was very fortunate to be coached by uh, a, a very good uh, position coach. His name is Marcello Rapini at UFC. Um, but the one thing that I really got from him is the preparation part. Yeah. I was in the, technically on the field at my position. I, I only played the position about nine, eight months. So mm-hmm. technically I wasn't probably the best. Mm-hmm. But obviously, my clear ability helped me, helped me in a lot of different ways. But the reason why, you know, my film looked so good is because of my preparation. Yeah. In terms of the amount of hours I spent watching film each week beyond, you know, the, beyond what we did as a team. Yeah. If you look at, you know, a schedule at UFC, you get to the facility at 3.30 and you leave probably around 9 o'clock. And you as a coach, yeah. after that sometimes, you yeah. know, and... But then finding the time off the field and off the, the meeting rooms to watch film, I was probably watching 10, 12 hours of film on top additional. of Additional. Additional. Right. So when I got to game day, 
I already knew what kind of socks this guy was going to wear that day. I knew every single <laughs> yeah, thing yeah. he was going to do yeah, yeah. and allowed me to have the, the film that I had at that time, which allowed me, even though I didn't play that junior year, oh. to kind of, you know, they saw that, yeah, man, he had a really good year, you know? But remember, I had only played that position one year. Right. So for me, that kind of reaffirmed what my coaches always tell me, that preparation is important. Mm -hmm. Your athletic ability can take you so far, right? But that preparation piece will, will can really really separate you from everybody else. Absolutely, and that's pretty much a testimony of that. Yeah, the mm -hmm. combination of that mental side and the and the physical side. Definitely, you know, um, yeah. To me, those are going to be your highest achievers. Are the guys that can put all of those pieces together. Definitely, you know, you'll get guys that that achieve at high levels that have one or the other. But mm -hmm. when you can really put it all together, that's when you. Definitely. Uh, you know, that's when you're going to achieve. And, and, and to get back to that point also, I, for me, it was a surprise. You yeah. know, you know, obviously, if I played that year, I, you know, things probably would have happened differently. Yeah. But with a torn Achilles, you know, I just thought that, you know, I didn't, you know, maybe it was going to be next year or two yeah. years. I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, but then teams started calling, you know, asking questions. And uh, I didn't know what to expect from these phone calls. I, you know, mm -hmm. I just answered the phone calls and, and, you know, I, I started going to visits and, and it kind of happened pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and I, it was really confusing because I was getting these phone calls at a point where I just relearned how to walk and now I'm restarting to run. And you, you say, OK, so when are you going to be ready? You know, I don't have an answer to that. You know, right. and I don't know what, it, what my new normal is going to look like. Right. But it happened so quickly. And, you know, for me, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I believe in God. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in God. And sometimes, you know, you know, you may not think you're ready for certain opportunities, but, you know, I think that he guides you towards through a path of life and you sure. just have to adjust as you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so it kind of happened that way. And, um, you know, for me, I just had to, to adjust. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And then, so you had uh, the experience of playing three years down the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then uh, came back up here to Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting knowing you over these years too, because I've I've been fortunate to mm -hmm. see not just the change, mm -hmm. you know, through you physically as an athlete, but mm -hmm. also just you know the personal development. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember conversations uh, uh, not too long ago, a few years ago, where. The, you know, the thought of you going back to school, I remember you being, you know, after you just finished, you know, you're like, no, there's no more school for this guy, you mm -hmm. know, like, and now uh, seeing you the last year or so has been interesting because you've really kind of developed a, more of a, a, a love for education and, a, and that side of, you know, that side of things. Mm -hmm. um, I know you're very interested in not just the physical element, but also the psychological element. Uh, you know, where do you see things kind of going in the next uh, few years? Um, yeah, I think that, you know, I, I grew up in a very highly academic family. Yeah. Uh, all my siblings, you know, yeah. you know, I was kind of like the black sheep of the family. Everybody's kind of athletic in my family. Yeah. But, you know, if you <laughs> look from med school to law school to PhDs, and I always, always focused on football. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, it's, there's always this says, 
especially for me when I, especially if I look at my career as a, as an athlete, yeah. it was there was no plan B. Right. There was an A, plan a B, and C. It was all football. All the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think it's wrong yeah. because I think that as you're an athlete, you can't look at the other option. Right. But the the fact that we play football and, and we have to go to college yeah. to get to that next level allows us to better ourselves. Yeah. And I, I kind of looked at the opportunity, the academic you know, way going to school as, okay, I might not be, I have a degree in economics. I might not be, you know, in that field, but this is allowing me to better myself, yeah. right? But obviously my focus was on football. Yeah. And now as, you know, going through, uh, you know, these injuries, like I said, the reflecting piece, you know, you have a lot of time to sit down and reflect and, and kind of reconnect with yourself and, and recognize what, who are you as a person? Right. Uh, and that's, you know, a funny thing. I had a conversation with one of my athletes about that yesterday. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great to be an athlete and be focused in uh, football, but it's also good to sit down sometime and reflect on who, you, who are you as a person. Absolutely. It's, it's important to know that. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, what happens when that, that thing that you've super focused on is, is taken away from you? Right. Who are you as a person? Right. Right. So I had a chance to reflect. And I, I, for me, I'm a very analytical person. I, I reflect a lot and I think a lot. And for me, the, just based on my, in my career and the ups and downs that I've had, not necessarily on the football field, but mentally, um, I recognize that that's something that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. Uh, the mental side of things, you know, because as an athlete, you know, you can train all you want. Yeah. You can eat the right way you can do. But when it's time to perform, you know, what kind of competitor are you? What kind of athlete you are? And a lot of it comes to the mental side of things. I agree 100%. And, and, and once you have gone through these ups and downs in terms of, you know, having to to go back to that level of fitness that you mm -hmm. had to. It's obviously once you're healed, you're healed. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, now it's the the mental side of things is the one thing that 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 I struggle with a lot in terms of going back to the field. So to get back to the academic side, for me, you know, since I was so focused on football, I didn't really school wasn't as important for me. Right. Uh, I was, you know, okay. You know, something that, you know, maybe I'll do later, you know, yeah. I'll get my degree, but it's it, football is what I'm going to do. Right. But I think that reason why I wasn't so academically driven is because I didn't really find what I was passionate about as much in, right. in that sense. I think, right. I, you know, I, I agree. And I, and I think looking back at it, because mm -hmm. I can empathize with that, mm -hmm. I look back and I mean, I was in my current field of study. Uh -huh. I did my degree in, in kinesiology at U of C. Mm -hmm. While I was playing football there, I had like the basest interest in school. Mm -hmm. I was there to play football. Yeah. I was, you know, I was the same as you. And it's one of the, I think, the benefits of football in mm -hmm. that in order to play at a higher level, it's kind of tied in with school. So mm -hmm. even if you're not, you know, necessarily inclined towards being academic, at that it kind of forces you to at least plod your way along there. Well, definitely. Um, but no, I agree entirely. You get so focused on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I've often said that I kind of wish I could go back and redo mm -hmm. half of my degree because mm -hmm. I would have, you know, at this point I'd pay way more attention and I'd put way more at the time, at least in the early years, till I met Jen and she kicked my butt, <laughs> not, uh, not applying myself academically. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for me, it was 
well, what do I need to do to get by? That's what I'll do, and just so I can play football. And and over time, what a lot of athletes go through is they just because they're so focused on football, yeah. they build, and they're not as academically driven. Obviously, over time, their grades reflect that, right? Right. And then they become they they have the they start thinking that well, school is just not for me. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. just I'm just not that smart. Yeah. But I'm I'm an athlete. But that that's not true. Once you know, because of all these these things that happened, I've had a chance to use that same focus that I had in football yeah. and put it into academics in something that I really enjoy. Yeah. And now I'm seeing the results of it. Yeah. And and that's why sometimes I see some of these athletes, and obviously that growth process happened over time. Yeah. They think, oh, I'm just that's just not for me. Yes, it is. It's, it, it, yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. It, it will just take time for you to see that. I agree with you entirely. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something I know we're both kind of focused on, mm -hmm. on, on educating young men that, you know what, you have to put in the time academically in order to be able to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, it's also that realization that, yeah, you, you feel like, oh, maybe this isn't my thing. Maybe I'm not... But you, again, when you're too close, when you're in that situation, looking back, you can realize, but when you don't... You're spending 50 hours a week... Mm -hmm you know, playing football and watching film and doing this. Most of your classmates are sitting around, they're using that time to study. Exactly. You know, you're getting home from practice at 10 o'clock at mm -hmm. night after you've been at practice and watching film since three o'clock. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, now I got to study mm -hmm. and I got to be up tomorrow morning because I got training at six or class at eight. You mm -hmm. know, it's just a, I think it's a longer, a longer process. And I think sometimes you might struggle more through that process, but I think the end result, and this is what's so, in my mind, so beautiful about college athletics mm -hmm. is that you end up a, a very well-rounded person mm -hmm. and you might not realize it while you're going through it, mm -hmm. but it's happening because of what you're because of what you're going through, because of the adversity you're facing mm -hmm. just on a day-to-day -day basis with school training, you know, playing. Yeah, you, yeah. You think, obviously on that, you know, having the opportunity to go to an academically, academically driven school, yeah. right? UFC is really high on academics yeah. and all these, you know, opportunities you have to do internship and all these different things. You know, obviously I didn't quite know, obviously you, you do things as you, you grow, but you don't quite know why, yeah. you know, it's just kind of, things just happen. Yeah. But all these little experiences kind of led me to that point and kind of gave me the experiences that I needed to then, when it was time to redial back in and go do more education, yeah. I had, you know, I had that, you know, experience prior that I could apply right away. You know what I mean? When I went back to school, even when I, now I'm in school now, writing papers, I've had so many experience, life experiences, internships, work experience, that yeah. now when it's time to, to apply these things now, I have a lot of experiences. So I'm, like I said, there's a, always a, 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 B, and C. For me, it was all football, but because I was able to explore a bit more myself academically, yeah. it gave me a broad perspective of who I am. Right. And now, now that I'm doing school again, I can apply all these things. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah, excellent. Mm -hmm. And so, in the last, like in the last year, you did your. Uh your CSCS, your yeah, Certified so, Strength and Conditioning Specialist. So when I got this book the first time, right, <laughs> it was, uh, 
you know, I'm going through chapter one, right? It was obviously this, this CSCS is, a lot of people takes this test, people that studied in that field. Yeah. And I have an econ degree, right? <laughs> so for me, it was almost Chinese, right? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, as an athlete, you know a little bit about the body, but there's so much to it. Yeah. And the first, I was, I'm not gonna lie to you, the first, second week, in you know, the first, second week I was going through, ah, I don't know if this for me, you know, I remember going to you, Dave, do I really need to do this one to do what I want to do? Can I just do that other one? And you're like, I just think that it'll be good for you to do that. And I'm really yeah. grateful for you, and especially yeah. Jen as well, to, to, to have pushed me to do that. Yeah. But that ex process really made me understand that this academic thing, yeah. I can do this too. If I plan myself, if I focus, and obviously I'm very, you know, COVID has, has brought a lot of, you know, there's a lot of negative side to COVID, but yeah. also gave me time to do a lot more things. And it gave me time to really focus on school. And I, in the end, obviously it took me eight months to write this exam, but I had really good results because instead of sh having a focus on football, I put that focus into studying yeah. and I got really good results out yeah. of it. So. Yeah. Um, and then I made me understand that, you know what, I, I can go back to school and do this. Absolutely. You know, seeing my siblings doing masters and PhDs and med schools, and I realized, well, all the time that I've been spending on the field and training, they were studying, and yeah. that's why they're there. Yeah. So it doesn't mean I can't do it, right? Yeah. And now that I'm in it, I'm very grateful for, um, I'm very grateful for education. I'm really grateful for the growth that it brings to my life. Absolutely. I'm really grateful for every, every single day. I'm, I, I'm learning things in school, right. and the good thing about it is I can apply what I'm learning to what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's the most beautiful thing. And that's where a lot of the athletes, I think, that struggle with school have a hard time with it. When you're in school and college, you, you have these electives and all these things, and you don't really know why you're doing these things because yeah. you can't apply it right away. Right. You know, but once you, you kind of find what you want to do and everything that you learn you can apply, yeah. I think you develop a more um, hunger for, for learning and, and growth. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. I think, too, and I think, you know, obviously I'm probably a little biased in, mm -hmm. my, in my outlook on things, but... Mm -hmm. To me, life is about adaptation, mm -hmm. you know, and whether it's physical adaptation, you know, mental adaptation, mm -hmm. nothing, there's no adaptation without stress, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And there's no adaptation without resistance and without uh, uh, struggle, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so I think that process, you know, going back and, and realizing like, hey, this isn't easy, mm -hmm but this is, this is life. This mm -hmm. is how you're growing, not only as an athlete, but as a person, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I, I definitely going back to school for me too. Mm -hmm. at, I, I was even older than you are when I went back. Cause I, I was 30 when I started my osteo program, mm -hmm. but again, it really changed my perspective in that I just look now at, at education as a, a lifelong endeavor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I've said to people when I'm talking to them where that, you know, I'll meet a 25 year old. And, oh, you know what? I'm pretty old in this. I'm like, no, man, you know what? Like life is going to go on. Time is going to pass. Mm -hmm. You might as well spend that time doing something that's going to better you as an individual. Definitely. You know what I mean? For sure. And for some people, maybe that's education. For some people, it's whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Again, it's, 
nothing comes easy. No, definitely. And, and, and the more you can take on something challenging and difficult head on, the greater, mm -hmm. you know, benefit that's going to provide to you as an individual. Especially, uh, and I, you know, and that's true because if you look at it in, I like that, that adaptation component you, you put in there, because if you look at an athlete, yeah. your identity, your whole life is you, the athlete. Right. And you talk about the adaptation part is it wasn't easy to go back and, 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 and study. Yeah. But I, I pushed through because I had an end goal. Right. And as an athlete, for a lot of time, your end goal is, is, is maybe playing professional or going to college. Yeah. But then if you ask me right now, would you rather go through? Because, you know, NFL training camps is, is, is nothing. Obviously, there's, there's fun to play football. Yeah. But it's hard. It's no joke. Right. <laughs> Do you rather sit sit and study, or go to a whole training camp? I think sitting and studying is a, <laughs> is the easiest, you know, it's sure. more comfortable way of do, you know, of yeah. most comfortable uh, option. Yeah. But you still go through it because of you have a goal, yeah. right? And I think that if you have a good sense of identity outside of football, mm -hmm. and I think some athletes are fortunate to know that, you know, they go into a first year, I'm going to be an engineer. Mm -hmm. And they have that identity, sense of identity. It makes it makes it makes it easier for them to go through that. Yeah. And that's why right now working with these kids, I really facilitate. Okay, well, I'm not just here to be a coach and coach you. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. You know, who are you as a person? And you have to be able to answer that. Yeah. And you might not know why I'm asking you this question, yeah. but as you grow older and you, you had a chance to explore yourself in that sense, yeah. it will allow you to keep growing in that area. Right. But if you keep suppressing that and only thinking about the athletic component of it, yeah. at some point you're gonna have to look at yourself in the mirror and find that out and what you're gonna do. Mm -hmm. But I think the sooner you do that, this easier it is, and obviously, I, I'm I, obviously I, I had another degree, and I, I'm very fortunate about. It. But maybe if I'd known that before, maybe I would have studied something else, and maybe I would have been more, you know, engaged in school, yeah. right? But the, because of the identity piece, mm -hmm. obviously, me you know, thinking I'm a football player, I just took the degree that I felt okay based on what I knew about myself at the time, yeah. and I did that, and it ended up n me not knocking school as much. Yeah. But if you, like I said, if you if you know yourself a little bit more, you're, it's easier to go through that process yeah. and, and you may not, you know, you might enjoy it a little bit more. Well, I think too, that's where, you know, kids nowadays versus back when, definitely when I came up and probably even, you know, years later when mm -hmm. you came up, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't the opportunities now that there is to find people mm -hmm. that had been through life experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I look at it, I, I didn't have really any mentorship mm -hmm. coming up. I just kind of forged my own way and mm -hmm. you know and I, I'm the same if I look back and I'm like man if I'd had somebody that could have like helped me out and and so I think that's a you know and I watch the way that you work with the the young athletes you work with and in in my mind it's the way it should be done you know you individualize your strategy towards the towards the individual in front of you you know, I, our, our industry, I'm critical of our industry, but you know, you look around anywhere, it's why I don't do social media. It just irritates the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. You, uh, you look on social media and you got guys running kids programs with 50 kids running all over the goddamn place. They got no idea what they're doing. There's no, you know what, like you'll get kids out running, sweating, whatever, fine, great. 
But if you really want to have an impact in a young person's life, it, it extends beyond the hour that they show up and run around and do exercise. Definitely. You know, that's, in my mind, you're not really a, a, a coach if you're just got kids out running around in circles. Definitely. You know what I mean? There needs to be a purpose to what they're doing. The, the, the stuff needs to be geared towards the individual kid at their stage of development and with their goals in mind with, you know, so I think, uh, you know, I'm happy to see that you've moved into that youth kind of performance realm because the way that you approach it and in my mind is the way that it should be approached. I, I appreciate yeah. that, you know, and, and having the time to reflect on it, you know, you, I realize how much sport has played a big impact in my life in yeah. terms of even just the way I had to prepare for game, that's kind of how I prepare the coach, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it, every single little things that I've learned, all these little things my coaches have said growing up mm -hmm. has kind of led me to this point. And I want to have the chance to, to give that to kids. Yeah. You know, there's always, you know, I don't see myself only as a coach, I see myself as a teacher. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, you can learn lessons in life in multiple different ways. Absolutely. Depending on what field you're in. Yeah. Uh, but these kids, you know, they want to play sports. And a lot of the life lessons I've learned is sports. It was in sport. And I want to make sure that they don't only remember me as the coach and what drills we did. Yeah. Is how was this coach able to impact my life beyond right. that? Right. right. And that's why I individualize certain things. And as, you know, as a coach, I think you see me with different groups. I become a chameleon. Absolutely. Right? This group, they, that's what they like. That's what they need. Yeah. That's what they need. That's how I have to do it this way. Yeah. This, this guy, you know, he's coming in. He doesn't want to talk much. He just want to train. We're going to do that. Yeah. These people, uh, they like the conversational piece. And, I, and the one thing about kids that you have to understand is they don't... If when you have an opportunity to talk to a kid and he opens up to you, yeah. you have to take the time to listen. Yeah. Because you don't know who many people he's sharing this information with. Right. right, and that information it might not be, it might not sound as important, but yeah. that's important to him, and right. you can't suppress that. Yeah. But if you have so many people that you're working with, you don't have the chance to really explore that, and that might be the difference maker in terms of result you can get out of that kid. Yeah, and for me, that's really, really important to be able to be present with each athlete and have that one on one time. Mm -hmm. And obviously, it's not always one on one session, I have smaller groups. But I have that little segment in that hour yeah. to connect with that kid. You have that setting, yeah. Because, you know, I'm 28, about to be 29. I still remember stuff that's been told me when I was eight, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because that person took the time to listen and took the time to also share some information. Right. And you never know what the words that comes out of your mouth, the impact that can have 20 years from now, Yeah. right? And, and the reason why, you know, it's funny to talk about working with kids. If you ask me eight years ago, if I'm going to work with youth, yeah. no way. Yeah. No, I didn't think that because I don't think, I didn't think I had the patience for that. Right. But having the time to reflect and to sit down, and if you see, look at, oh man, I remember I was 12, I was at grade six and there was this uh, counselor at school and I would... I, you know, I really I hold her really close to my heart because she, what she did for me was very special. Mm -hmm. She recognized that I liked music and I really loved music. And she recognized that she, she could see the greatness in me. And, and she took the time to 
we, you know, there's always these little events at school, like all this, you know, award ceremonies and all these things, right? And now I had the chance to perform at these things, right? Mm -hmm. I, and I was a Michael Jackson fan and she knew that and she liked Michael Jackson. Yeah. And she took the time weekly to practice with me and leading up to these, these events every single week, twice a week. And she had kids. Yeah. She made outfits for me, you know, and the time she took for me changed my life. Yeah. And she's in, in the Laval right now. And the reason, the, the fact that she did that is allowing me to have the patience and love for these kids because she did that. Right. And right now she's sitting at home mommy watching TV and while I'm working with these kids and indirectly her hands are involved in me working with these kids. Right. And I want to be that same person for them. And, and that's how I kind of developed the love and passion for that. Yeah. And you also got to remember, you know, you love who you serve. Mm -hmm. And it might, it's not always easy, you know, and, and I develop patience as I do that. But the more and more I, I work with them, the more and more I, I love them, and the more and more it's easier for me to, to, to develop that patience. And because and, and, they're growing and they're young, and I, I was young too, and I, yeah. I made some mistakes, and uh, you know, and there's things that I didn't really understand. But the more and more I work with them, I, I, I've, I've developed a sense of, how can I say this? The more and more I work with them, I think that I understand them more. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're building a, a pretty unique connection that goes beyond training, where right now when we are training, training is what we do. Right. But we get so much more out of one session in terms of personal growth. Absolutely. And that's what's important. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. No, I couldn't agree more. I think that's a, I think that's a very uh, astute statement for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the world needs more people like you working with youth because uh, I think it'll be a, a better place if that were the case. But, and, uh, and, and, you know, and obviously this has been, a, uh, the lately has been about me, but obviously people also need to know what, what you've done, you know, and, and, you know, for me, you know, if I look at this unfortunate situation of tearing my Achilles, and mm -hmm. I, I think I've told you that, but I, I want people to hear that. Um, you always have to look at life with gratitude. Yeah. And, and this unfortunate situation happened where I pressed, a, a, you know, a pause button on my plans. And I think that if I played the season and no injury, we probably would have never met. Yeah, it's you very know, likely. Pretty, yeah. pretty likely, you yeah. know. And But the impact that you've had in my life, um, sorry. <laughs> Um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, it's good, man. I appreciate it. I know, I know what you're saying. If I had to return my Achilles again, I would just, I, I met you, you know what? Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I didn't have to tear my Achilles so that we met, but uh, I would go through the same, my friend. I, it's definitely been a life-changing experience getting you, to know you. You, 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 you. Every single thing you do in your life is, is powerful, and you have to recognize that as a coach, and I think you do that, and you know that. And, it is, you know, 
you can you do the CSCS and, and have all these accolades as a, as a coach and, and have uh, build your name resume. But how you can, you know, connect as a coach is what really changed life. And, and, and you've changed my life. And, and I think that I've, I've developed as a coach and I always try to mimic you in terms of, of, of the patience and love you have for your athletes and how you always go the extra mile. You know, I remember coach going other places and when the hour is done, that's the end of the interaction with the person. But sometimes as, as an athlete, you have other things going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's important for you to be there as, as, a, as a coach yeah. because you never know. You know, I have, I have athletes where they don't have a father and, and they start looking at you that way. Mm-hmm. And you have to take the time to interact with them and, and hear them out and make sure that you work on the mental component of it and make sure that whatever that may looks like, you know, Sometime a session you come in, I remember coming in sessions and, I, you know, I had, a, you know, I, was, I didn't sleep very well and we didn't really train that day, yeah. but we sat down and we talked and for yeah. me that, that, that meant a lot, you yeah. know, and, and as much as this, this, you know, we've asked a lot of questions to me, you know, I would like to ask you that question. How did you get to the coach that you are and, and develop the love that you have to you have for all your athletes because I can tell and everybody here knows that mm-hmm. all the people that you have, you work with you you truly love and care for how did you get to that point I think for me I've been I've been blessed in my life that I've had uh, a I came from a really solid family upbringing you know and uh, same thing to me family is very important uh, again this is why I think we have a, a lot in common, much like you. I, you know, I've got a very religious background mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I have faith in God. Um, I was blessed to have met my wife, Jen, uh, when I was in uh, university. And uh, Jen's like the consummate coach. You know, I get very sometimes bogged down in the minutia of the details of X's and O's and, you know, the physiology and the, all that side of it. Jen is like the coach the person and coach this. So, you know, 21 years of that influence has definitely influenced me. Uh, and then, you know, I, I think too, it's just a, a life, it's just a life choice about, uh, you know, if in my mind, if you're, and I've said this to people before, in the majority of cases, you're never going to get wealthy or rich coaching but the impact that you can make on someone else's life in my mind is more meaningful than than that and uh, when I see the athletes that I've worked with over the last 20 years progressing and and again you know their time on the field is just a small part of their life Mm -hmm. but how they progress as individuals and as as people uh, is really kind of what drives me and that's where it's great to see guys like yourself uh, and watch that journey of growth that they go through. To me, that's what's the most rewarding part of it, for sure. No, yeah. definitely. And yeah. you, know, I, I, you, you always kind of, and that you're the one that made me recognize that about me in terms of I like things that has meaning, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it's true. I, I like to do things that are meaningful. Yeah. And 
every day you wake up, you know, as a coach, it, it is a grind, you know, yeah. and there's days that even though it's, it has nothing to do with how you feel about the person, you love the person, but you're a human being and you're tired. For sure. You know what I mean? You get tired and you yeah. always got to give out energy. But I think that I, I wake up every day with a sense of purpose. Yeah. Because I think that a kid can train somewhere else and have good results. You know, yeah. there's a lot of great coaches out there. Yeah. But I, I you know, I, I think like you, I think that when the athletes come and work with me, yeah. they know that they get more than that. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like more, you know, I think as a coach, I think a lot of, you know, even though you got to spend time learning and growing as a coach and learning more better ways to do things, I think that's what, I think that I would encourage more coaches to to think about yeah. what we, what can you do to to impact your athletes on a different level. Yeah, and I think that's really important, especially in today's society and what's going on right now. You know, um, you know, I know sometimes these kids come here and, and they they're tired. You know, yeah. not necessarily just about school, but there's other things in life going on and COVID and not being able to play sports and not yeah. knowing what's going to happen and you know all these different limitations that they have. Yeah. And then they come here tired and having them leave with a smile on their face yeah. and happy, you know, I think that's, that's really important. You know, and I think right now, obviously, you want to keep training these kids. I think where that's where the focus should be, you yeah. know. and uh, That's the, coaching. As a coach. Yeah. You're right, you that's know, because, coaching. Huh? Yeah. That is coaching. That is coaching. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you're right. Running through a plan off a piece of paper isn't real. I mean, that's a very shallow version of coaching, but definitely, yeah. you know, so no, I, you know, <laughs> that's something that coming, I really wanted people. And I, I know you're a very modest person and you don't talk about these things. And, and I, I'm very grateful to be one of your, your first guests yeah. and to really, and, and kind of and really show people what kind of person you are, yeah. you know, and, you know, and I say that, you know, genuinely from the bottom of my heart, you know, if I had to redo this again, if you give me the option of, of, of playing the year the way I planned it and getting drafted in the NFL and having a career or yeah. tearing my Achilles and having that meeting with you and my call at UFC, at, at, at UFC yeah. I would tear my Achilles again and meet you at my call. Point. Because that impact that I ha that you've had in my life, and I and I hope that you can see that when you come in and I'm coaching people, yeah. and when I'm working with them and and, and the excitement we have and when we play, yeah. I want you to see yourself in that. You know, what I mean, you are, and and that's why I tell people, you know, this is my mentor. You know, and all the stuff that I know, and and Jen as well. Jenna, yeah. you know, Jen is also Jen is the uh, is behind the scenes. You know, what I mean, yeah. Jen is the uh, is the hidden weapon behind the scene. You yeah. know, she's the, the eyes behind the operation, and yeah. she does. And she, she some, recognized. Some would say the brains behind the operation. <laughs> she, she is, you know, and, and, and obviously when I talk to you, you know, I, I know she knows that, 100%. how I feel about her, you yeah. know, but, you know, I, I, I just want people to understand that every single thing you do daily, every single, obviously, it's a lot of pressure as a coach. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I ask you a lot of questions, you mm -hmm. know, is this right? Can I do this right? What about this person? Yeah. And, Every single thing you do as a coach with that individual, 
you don't know the impact it has and you might not know until 20 years from now. Absolutely. And this person that I talked to you about when I was 12, yeah. she doesn't know that. And I hope one day she listens to that and understand how, the impact she had. Mm -hmm. But maybe she's waited eight, 15 years to hear that, yeah. right? That, that what she did was that meaningful. Yeah. And what I did or say yesterday was it's probably something that will carry on for this kid for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. So it's very important for coaches to understand that even though, you know, even though things are hard and th th things are as a coach, you know, like you said, this is not a, a, a you're not going to get rich coaching. No. It's a grind and, and, and you have to make sacrifices for that. Mm -hmm. But I think that you have to understand that it comes at a greater reward Absolutely. than money. Yeah. Because money comes and goes. And that purpose that you talk about, I, th I think, is, is what gives you happiness in your life. Definitely. You know, a major driver of, of you know, the happiness that you will have in your life. If definitely. You, if you have that sense of purpose in what you do. And, and definitely. Yeah. And it also, and now it, obviously talking about the academic part, it, it gives me more drive to learn more because as I learn more, I can help more, more people, people 100%. right? And now, once you see you're tired and you have to come back from, from work at 9 p.m. and you have to open your books, mm -hmm. you think about all these kids, yeah. you know? It drives stuff, you. It drives me, yeah. you know? And, and, and I've, told, I've told them that, you know, obviously it's a lot of energy I have to give out, mm -hmm. but you guys give me a lot of energy, you know? Yeah. And, and, and as much as I, I'm here giving you, you guys are giving me more. You yeah. know, and, and that's the beauty of coaching, yeah. I think, you know, and, and it's an ongoing process that I never end. You know, it's, it's always more people that are going to come in and it's a sharing of knowledge and sharing of energy and sharing of love. And I think that's a, um, what's the term? It's a compounding effect. Right. Right. Where yeah. you have one, the person have three and you have yeah. person up 10 and 20 and 30 and yeah. And that's that. I think that's what you know. Being from a religious background, I think that that's our purpose in this world, and being able to to help everybody help others, yeah. and help others, and and, and and you have given talents to be able to help others. You know, so yeah. Um, so yeah. No, coaching is a beautiful thing. It absolutely is. Mm -hmm. I've definitely enjoyed the last uh, you know five years that I've gotten to know you, and I've enjoyed watching your progression, and mm -hmm. I. Can't wait to see where you go with things. So thank you. I, I appreciate you coming on the uh, first ever episode of uh, Straight Up Swagger. It was my honor to have you here, <laughs> and uh, we'll have you back again sometime. For sure. All right, man. Thank you so much for having me, and you know, uh, thanks again for everything. You've been uh, my you're, you're always an, an example for me, and, and, and I, I hope to be a, if I can be the half the man you are uh, one day. I, I'll be <laughs> I'll be very happy. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you very much. Thank you.